Hey guys, how you doing? That's good. Somebody's yelling really loud back there. So, hey, uh, so so good to be back. I was here about a month ago, and good to hang out with you guys. Like Pastor Mark said, my name is Mike, and one of the pastors here at Grace and love what God's doing here at Exchange, love the way he's using your pastor, Pastor Mark and Lindsay and uh, man, Taylor, who led tonight, did such a good job in worship and just love seeing all the teams. Let's give it up for everyone who serves here at Exchange. Hey, I'm excited about jumping in this series called Why Do I Still Care? And if you haven't been here this series, you should go back and listen to the podcast. But the idea has been, how do we actually go into some of those things and areas in our life that are just kind of set in us, some anger, some issues, some unforgiveness? How do we deal with some of those things and work through some of those things so that we can be healthy? And really for us, we want to be healthy. We want to grow as, continue to grow as adults and be healthy as adults and, you know, really bring our best selves and bring who God has called us to be into the world and the relationships around us. And so we've been dealing with some of that. And tonight we're going to go a little bit of a different direction because we're going to talk about really the thing that, that sets some of those things in place. And it's the idea of learning how to disagree well. And, and the reason why I want to talk about this is because, you know, really a lot of the pain that settles into our heart, a lot of the, a lot of the, the wounds that are caused is because we haven't really learned how to do that. We don't really learn how to disagree well. In fact, for a lot of us, you grew up in a home where, man, you just didn't learn how to disagree well. I don't know about you, but the home I grew up in uh, with my siblings, like we would fight, but then fights would always turn into fist fights. Anybody else grow in a home where you got beat up with fists by your older sister? Any other men in the room who got beat by your older sister? I have been chased through my house with knives. I have been walked into a room where my brother was beating my sister with a lamp. Like it was like, it was, it was throw down, fight, go crazy in my house. And it wasn't just my siblings, it was my parents as well. My mom and stepdad, like it was like, I'm gonna tell you one and hit you twice. Like that's the way that they flowed. And, and, and for me then, when I grew up and I became an adult, one of the things I realized is I've never really seen people disagree well. Like it always went to step 20. And if you grew up in a home that, you know, maybe you grew up at home, that's where it went. It went crazy. Or maybe you went in a home where they got mad, but they didn't say anything. Or maybe they just didn't speak up and they didn't handle it well. And if you found yourself in here tonight, and the home that you grew up in, you would say, I'm not sure we learned how to disagree well in my home. I'm so glad you're here because the way that we learn to disagree when we grow up, unless we intentionally change that, that's the way that we're gonna disagree with other people throughout our whole lives. In fact, for me, you know, I grew up in a home that disagreed like that, it was crazy. And here's one of the things that I found out later. I realized that the type of person that you grow up with, the type of family you grow up in, tends to be the type of family and type of person that you're attracted to as an adult. And I didn't know, I didn't realize that that was the case, but I realized, man, I felt like I was just dating all the crazy girls. And I'm like, I don't understand this. And I got engaged to a girl and she would like scream at me, lie to me, do all kinds of crazy things. And she and I were engaged and we were two months from being engaged and I had some friends sit me down and go, Mike, I, I'm not sure you want this. this. This level of crazy that's gonna be with you the rest of your life, I'm not sure you want this. And I kind of zoomed out and realized, yeah, I'm not sure that I want that either. 
And if you grew up in a home where honestly your family didn't disagree well, unless you intentionally change that, you're gonna be attracted to what you grew up with. And if you feel like that was crazy, you're gonna be attracted to that kind of crazy. That's gonna feel normal to you. And the rest of your life, it's gonna be that way. And so one of the best things we can do is look at some of the dysfunction we grew up with. And we all grew up in dysfunction. doesn't matter how great our parents were because our parents are just humans and they mess some things up. But for us to look at those things and evaluate the way we were raised and go, how do I become better? How do I grow as, a, as an adult? How do I disagree with other people well? So tonight, that's what we're going to talk about. How do we disagree with each other well? Now, the reason why this is important, not only because you wanna be healthy as adults, but this is important for us as Christ followers because Jesus said something, like, like when Jesus spoke, there were just moments in time where he would say something and it's become so normal for us, but to be honest with you, it is so hard to grasp and so hard to practice. But he says this in Luke chapter six. He says, you who, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. And these verses, if honestly, if you've been around church for a while, you've heard this before, love your enemies. But have you ever tried to love your enemy before? <laughs> have you ever tried to do good to those who curse you? Have you ever tried to read what someone posts on social media that's so opposed to the, the political or religious or moral views that you have, and instead of like blasting them on social media or texting a screenshot to your friend going, you can believe what this fool just posted, but instead texting that person saying, hey, just want you to know, I love you. <laughs> like, you ever tried doing that before? Have you, ever tried, have you ever tried blessing those who curse you? They speak bad about you, and instead of speaking bad about them, you, you bless them? One of the things I challenge people with, and if you're struggling with unforgiveness towards someone, one of the things I encourage people to do when they're struggling with that unforgiveness is instead of going after that person, give something to that person. But one of the quickest ways to kill hate in your heart is to bless those who curse you. Jesus says, he says a verse, and again, this is so challenging. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart is. So if you want to change your heart, direct your treasure. And so if you have someone, I would just say this, if you have someone that you're having a hard time forgiving, you're having a hard time being friends with, you have a hard time being around, one of the quickest ways to soften your heart towards that person is to give that person something. And if you can't forgive them, send them a gift card. Uber eats some Starbucks. I'm serious. You know why? Because it's impossible to send your treasure without also sending your heart. And we bless those who curse us. We love our enemies. We do good. We pray for those who mistreat you. Do you pray for those who mistreat you? And if we're gonna follow Jesus, we don't do what the world does. We don't blow people up on social media and argue about nothing for a long, long time. We don't, we don't have these fights with our friends because they said something and I can't believe she said it and I can't believe he did it. And like, we don't do that. God calls us, Jesus calls us to be people that bless those who curse us and to love those who hate us. And that should be our response. Now, it's easy to say that. And it's easy to go, so go bless those who curse you. And you're like, I, 
how do I even do this? How, how do I love those who hate me? And how do I not respond to the emotion I feel? And when I'm sitting in a scenario, especially with the holidays coming up, and I know I'm gonna be sitting there with family and my family's gonna say something stupid. I'm telling you, my family will say something stupid. And it's like, they're trying to pick a fight and my siblings are gonna be in the room. And if you ever almost got into a fist fight with your sibling, your adult sibling, I remember the first time my wife met my brothers, we were at my mom house and my brother did something stupid and I as a pastor I was like 26 years old as a pastor the first time she met my brother we were only dating a couple months he and I in my mom's living room almost got into a fist fight because he did something stupid like he just like it just happened with the holidays coming with life coming like it just happens so how do we do this how do we disagree well and how do we work through this well my my hope is that as adults, you're not getting in fist fights with your brothers and you're not going through all that. And so what I wanna do tonight is I wanna look at a verse and really two verses that I think point out a strategy for us to disagree well. How do we actually have this disagreement? How do we fight well? How do we have opposing views but not completely isolate from each other? How do we have opposing views but not hate each other? And the verses are actually found in James chapter one. And it says this, and again, these are two verses that just stand out and they're so strong. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And James, it seems like he just says something so quick and it's one verse, and it seems like, okay, like he almost goes past it. But what I wanna do tonight is I wanna take these three things apart and talk about how we disagree well by doing these three things. The first thing is this, is that we need to be quick to listen. We need to be quick to listen. If we wanna disagree well, if we wanna argue well, if we wanna have opposing views well, the first thing we need to do is to be quick to listen because listening is the path to understanding. My, my mom, my story, I told that story about my mom and, and I don't like, like honestly, um, my mom and I ended up having like the best relationship. Like it, we really restored a lot. A lot of things were better. It was good, but very contentious growing up. But I remember I grew up in that home with an alcoholic stepdad and abusive mom and it was just tough. And I kind of gravitated towards the wrong kids. And that's kind of what you do when you're in a tough home, you gravitate towards acceptance. And you know, really the acceptance for me came from these kids that were, were not great. I got in trouble and got arrested a couple of times and I was 16 or 17, I, I, I got sent to go live with my dad. I got off the plane with my dad and he said, hey, just so you know, you're going to church. And I started going to church and I walked into a church like this and I gave my heart to Jesus and I became saved. Then a couple of years later, I felt called to be a pastor, started going to Bible college. And then at 21 years old, I moved to Fort Myers, Florida and I became a pastor. We started a church, it was this amazing journey. And I remember I'm following Jesus and I'm on fire for Jesus and we're starting this church and God's moving and we're seeing miracles and lives are being changed and the church is growing and God's doing some things. And I would go home and I would talk to my mom about Jesus, the way he's moving. And I'm believing that God's gonna do something. He's gonna draw her in. He's gonna bring her in. And I would tell her about Jesus and she would respond to me like I didn't know what I was talking about. She would respond to me like I, I was almost stupid. Like she would respond to me like I was a fool for following Jesus. And I would talk to her and she would 
talk back and I would debate with her and she would debate back and she would have all of these things and I learned and I would go back and I would study and I'd learn her arguments and I would find the answers to her arguments and we would argue and we would fight and we would go through it. And I remember and we would talk about her and her faith and where she was and she would tell me all the reasons why she wasn't a Christian and it wouldn't make sense to me. And I would tell her, hey, that's your reason. Here's the answer. That's your reason. Here's the answer. And I felt like I had an answer for every argument she had, but she wouldn't cross the line. She continued to talk down to me and I struggled so much with that relationship with her. And I was a pastor and I'm trying to follow Jesus and we're seeing God move out here. But God's not moving my relationship with my mom. Like God's not drawing her at all. And it escalated and it escalated and it escalated. And every time we got together, it was contentious. Every time we got together, it was hard. Every time we got together, it seemed like we just left and we were mad, we were hurt, we were frustrated and we couldn't do it. And my hope, my heart for my mom is that she would come to know Jesus, but the way I would handle it wasn't always right. The way she would respond wasn't always right. And we would just have this back and forth trying to figure out what to do. I remember I had a moment. I said, fine. If she doesn't want to cross the line, if she doesn't want to come towards Jesus, if she doesn't want to listen to me, if she wants to treat me like I'm stupid, I'm done. And there is this temptation for me to walk away. And I don't know where you're at in your faith journey, and I don't know where you're at with your parents, I don't know where you're at with your mom or your dad, but I would guess for some of us, this faith journey is kind of new. And maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a family member or someone that you've been friends with for a long time. And you've gone through this, you've had conversations, you've talked to them, you've talked to them, you've talked to them. And it's almost like they, they act like you're the weird one and you're the strange one and they just pull away from you. And you may be tempted to pull away. And, and here's what I realized in that season. I realized, I, I really felt like I was right. I really believed I was right but being right doesn't give you the right to do wrong. And I realized that I wanted to walk away and I wanted to talk bad about my mom and I wanted to completely disconnect and just wasn't right. And then not only was it wrong for me to completely write my mom off and give up on her and just to stay in that zone, but in Ephesians chapter six, it says, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And it says, honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy, enjoy a long life on earth. I remember in that struggle with my mom, you know, she's not believing, she's not listening, she's not going, like I, I'm trying to figure out how do I interact with my mom? And this verse was a verse that just kept coming up to the honor. Honor your father and mother. And here's what I thought. And if you have a contentious relationship with your parents or you disagree or you fight with them right now, like it's easy not to honor. And I know you're all adults. I know you're all adults and I was an adult too. And we think that honor goes away when we become an adult. Honor does not go away when you become an adult. You don't just stop that. You don't just stop honoring your parents. Here's the reason why. Because honor is not something they necessarily deserve. Honor is something that we give. Not because of what they do, but because of who they are in our lives. In the same way, I don't, I, I don't know what political party everybody in here is, but if regardless of who it was, if it was President Biden or President Trump and they walked in the back door, well, you know what we do? We'd stand up. Not because we respect the individual necessarily, but we honor the position that they play in our country. 
Well, with our parents, we honor. Honor is given, it's not necessarily deserved, and so we honor our parents. If you're in that place with your parents, even as adults, you can disagree, but you don't have the right not to honor. You don't have the right not to honor. We should honor our parents even if we don't get along with, agree with, or even at times like them. We honor our parents. And I would encourage you with this. I know you guys are adults and you're finding your freedom and finding your adulthood. Watch the way you talk to your parents. Watch the way that you honor them. Watch the way that you interact with them. You can disagree with them, but we disagree with honor. And if I were to be honest, I I think that honor piece gets a little bit lost right now because in our world, in our society, because of the way that social media is and news is and all those things, like those positions that we have, the president, the political parties, the pastors, the leaders, those people in our lives, the celebrities, like we don't really honor those people anymore. We speak freely, negatively about them and we talk about them bad. And so we've lost a little bit of that honor, but with our parents, we hold that honor with them, not because they deserve it, but because we are Christ followers and he calls us to honor them. So that's where I was with my mom. How do I honor and disagree? How do you honor and disagree with someone? And for she and I, we argued. Her arguments were good, but I had the answers. And I got to a place one day when I decided this isn't working. And I decided that I had to stop arguing. And I decided to do something a little bit different. I said, you know what, instead of arguing, I'm just gonna ask questions. And I started asking her questions and here's what I realized, that even though all of her arguments about faith were about logic and reason and science and facts and like all this stuff, that that once I actually started asking questions, the reason why she wasn't a follower of Jesus was not because of logic and facts and reasons, but experiences. See, my mom, I learned was a Christian. My mom got saved and born again when she was a teenager and she met my dad and they got married and they were a Christian couple. And then he went back to drugs and he became abusive and they got divorced. And then my mom met my stepdad and she met him and he was a single dad with three kids and she thought, like this was the mission, God was, God was bringing her to raise these three kids up and she was gonna be the stepmom, an amazing stepmom. She was gonna raise these kids up and this is what God had called her to do. She fell on mission from God. And then that stepdad molested my sister and she felt duped by God. And then her best friend had a son and he got cancer. And the son who had cancer was a follower of Jesus. But he didn't get healed from it. And my mom watched her best friend weep over her son. My mom wasn't a Christian, not because of facts, logic, and reason. She wasn't a Christian because of the experiences she had and she felt abandoned by God. And it wasn't until I stopped arguing and started asking questions that I even understand that. Listen, if we want people to hear us, they need to feel heard by us. If you have someone in your life right now and you're trying to argue with them and you seem like you just keep fighting and arguing and fighting and arguing, one of the best things you can do is to not try to win the argument, but to be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. If we're going to argue well, we need to be quick to listen. How are you doing at listening? 
The second thing is to be slow to speak, slow to speak. Let, let me give you a little bit of insight. I'm 43 years old, so I'm older than a lot of you. I'm actually probably as old as some of your parents, but I'm 43 years old. Let me give you probably one of the best pieces of advice. So if you're taking notes, you need to write this down. One of the best pieces of advice is this, is that one of the most mature things you can do, okay, you ready for this? One of the most mature things you can do is to shut up. <laughs> Just shut up, okay? One of, the, one of the best things you can do when you're in an argument it's to just shut your mouth. It's to shut your mouth. Proverbs 17, 28. This is a great verse. You should memorize this verse just because it's a great thing to joke about with your friends, but it's a great verse. Proverbs 17, 28. It says, even in silence, a fool seems wise. It's a great thing to quote to someone when they say something stupid. <laughs> hey, buddy, even in silence, the fool seems wise. It's just good. But listen, the, one of the best things we can do when we're trying to argue well is to be quiet. And, and the reason why this is important is for us to be slow to speak. The reason why this is important is because to, in today's culture, we have this idea that I'm just saying what I feel or I'm just speaking my truth. I just want to speak my truth. I just need to, I just need to, I need to let my truth out. You need to hear my truth that I have. You know another word for my truth? Let me tell you another word, but I'm just speaking my truth. You know what another phrase for my truth is? It's my opinion. And I can call it my truth all I want, but your truth doesn't match up with God's truth. When your truth doesn't match up with God's truth, it's just an opinion you have. And not everybody has to hear my truth and my opinion and my thoughts. And not, every, not the whole world needs to hear you. And sometimes one of the worst ways for us to get in a mess and get, get all mixed up is when we decide that I'm going to say something that's not the best thing to say in this moment, when the best thing we can do is to... Just shut up and just be quiet and just listen. Be slow to speak. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Ask more questions than make statements. Ask more questions. If you're having a hard time arguing with someone, start asking questions. Bite your tongue. Hold on it. Wait a minute, don't text back. Let me say this, don't text back. If, if there is a motion, this is, this is such a big deal. If there is a motion to the text message, don't text back. If you're like, they're gonna get it today and you pull out that phone, don't do it. Don't post it, don't text it, don't email it, don't send it because they're not gonna hear your heart. You're gonna say things you don't mean and then it's gonna be in writing and they're gonna bring it up later. I'm telling you, she, guys, she is gonna bring it up later. You do not want her to have that ammo. You just put your phone away, you just shut your mouth and you just leave it alone because the best thing you can do is decide I'm not gonna say those things and let me just say this, no argument has ever been won over text message, ever, and I would fight you on that. It's never been one over text message. It's never been one over DM. You've never won an argument on social media because someone posted something and you decided you were gonna get them. That has never worked. Why do you keep doing it? Leave it alone, put your phone away, delete the app, do whatever you need to do. Just stop, just stop. Hey ladies, if he messages you on the dating app and it's inappropriate, don't try to make it better. Like, don't try to like, well, maybe he's a nice guy. He's not a nice guy, okay? He's a jerk. You know, you know how he texts you things and you don't wanna tell your friends because of what they'll say about him? Delete his number. 
okay? He is a jerk. You're not gonna win him over, but no, you don't know him. When we're just alone, he's so nice. Listen, if he's alone when you're, or if he's nice when you're alone, but he's not nice anywhere else, he's not nice. He's just good at faking you out, okay? Let the guy go, okay? Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Okay, slow to speak, slow to speak. I kind of got off a little bit on that. Um, I, I got off on that, honestly, because, sorry, I saw Lindsay just get up right now and I thought she was coming up here. I'm like, did I cross the line? Um, <laughs> The reason why I got off on that is, man, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's in, in today's culture, it's so weird because of all these dating apps, all these things. And, and let me just say this, men, woo, men, listen, you think you can get away with texting some things that are so inappropriate. Like, it's just so wrong. Like, don't send her that crap. Like, like, don't be that way. Like, if you're not honoring that woman, if you're not being kind to her, if you're being sexual over text message and you barely know who that is, man, you need to, like, that's silly. You need to stop all that. You need to stop doing that. You know why? Here's the reason why. Women, I'll tell you why. It's because a man who hides behind a phone and says things that are way more bold than they would ever say to your face, he is a coward. He's a coward. And... And if he won't say it to your face and hides behind the phone and says some things and takes shots over the bow and does some things, that's the same thing with arguing over text message. You're hiding behind your phone and you would never say it in person, but you're gonna hide behind your phone. You're gonna take shots and take shots and take shots. You are scared and it is a coward move. Don't be a coward. Men, God has called us to be courageous. He's called us to be pure. He's called us to lead the way. And don't think that he is going to be a leader of your home if he starts a relationship off saying things he shouldn't say, hiding behind his phone in a very scared way. It's not gonna lead your home, okay? Okay, we should be slow to speak, especially when we get into an argument. That's really what we're talking about. <laughs> we get in an argument. We, we, we should be slow to speak, slow to speak. You don't have to be heard. You don't always have to be heard, okay? It's okay. You're, you can swallow it. You can swallow your opinion. You can swallow your word. You, you don't have to say it. You can, you can write the text message and delete it before you send it. You can write the email and delete it before you send it. Don't send it. Don't do it. You, you're gonna regret it. Don't do it. We are quick to listen. We're slow to speak, and we're slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. Um, if we're gonna argue well, we have to be people who are slow to become angry. And, and this is really important because honestly for me, I have never, I, I have not done many things while I was angry that I don't regret today. Like, think about what you've done when you're angry. Have you done anything you're proud of? Like, not very much. Like, I remember there was a guy, I was with my kids. We were, uh, I had two other friends where I was with my kids and we were in their backyard and they were, there was like this condo association and my kids are throwing rocks into a pond and this guy in another condo gets out and starts screaming at my kids about throwing rocks in the pond. And we're like, hey, 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 what are you yelling at them for? And he said, well, they're messing up the ecosystem. We're like, I ain't messing up the ecosystem. And he just started arguing. We're like, okay, okay, okay. We'll go out for, we don't, we don't live here. We're just visiting friends, we're good. So we take our kids, we go out to the front yard and we go to the front yard, we're playing with our kids and we see this car drive by, pull back and then pull up and it's that guy. And he gets out of his car and starts screaming at us. Well, at this point, like he's looking for it. And so I tell one of our friends, 
Take the kids inside. Take the kids inside. I walk, no joke, I walk over to his car door. He's on that side of the car door. I walk on this side of the car door and he and I, for probably about 10 minutes, are in a screaming match in the street, yelling at each other. And in my head, I'm like, if he comes across that door, I am gonna lay him out and we're gonna be there. And I have two of my friends and we are screaming at this guy, yelling at this guy, going through it. And we're just like in this match of going through it. (laughs) And all three of us, we're pastors at the church in Fort Myers. And I am so glad he didn't come across that door. And I look back on that and it may be a funny story today, but man, I regret that. Like how stupid was that? Like there aren't very many things that you do. Like, like they're funny later. I remember, I remember my son, this is, he, he was playing football. I don't know, he was, he was playing football or soccer, I don't remember. Um, and, and, and he came off the field and he was so mad. He was, Dad, I wish I wore glasses. I'm like, why do you wish you wore glasses? He said, so I can throw them with the ref and tell him, you need these. <laughs> that was a great story. But, but, but in those moments when you're mad and you wanna say something and you wanna do something, you wanna go after somebody, you wanna like, like you'll regret it. One of the best things you can do if you wanna disagree well is when you feel that little anger, when you feel, and we know what that feeling is, right? You know, it's coming, it's coming. One of the best things you can do is just leave. One of the best things you can do is put the phone away. One of the best things you can do is just go take a walk. And my mom in that zone where we would fight and we would go through it, Like, I I just had to get to a place where I was like, when I feel it, mom, I'm gonna go for a walk. It'd be in the middle of a fight. It was like she didn't want me to go out the door and go through it. And I remember once I stopped letting anger be a part of the conversation, I stopped trying to win the argument and I started asking questions. Like, she had gone from, I don't believe anything exists to I believe that there's something that exists, to that I I think there's something out there that's good, but I don't know what it is. And I was talking to my wife about this because my mom passed away last year. And, and, And my mom never, to me, like she never, like we talked about faith, even when she got cancer and talked about faith through the process. And she, she never, like she never made a confession to me and I'm like, is she in heaven? Is she not? She was saved when she was younger. You know, you have the whole once saved, always saved. Like I'm, I'm we're processing through working that some, something out. And my wife and I were talking about it. And I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm using my mom and talking to my mom tonight, but it's tough because I don't know, like I, would, like, I don't know what, like where is she? And my, my wife said, well, I think she's in heaven. So why do you think that? And she pulled out her phone and I, I actually didn't bring it with me, but she, she read me a text. And my mom, about a month before she passed away, sent my wife a text and said, hey, I want you to know that last night I had a dream. And in the dream, I was walking on the beach. And I was walking on the beach with a man in his 30s who I didn't know. And up ahead of me was all of my family. And the man said, you know, this is what you always hoped for. And this is what I brought you here for. And she said, and then I woke up 
And my wife said, you know, I don't know what you think that was or who that was, but I think that was Jesus. And my mom said to her, I believe a lot of that's true. And, and I think looking at that, I think for where my mom was in her spiritual journey, if I would not have learned how to disagree well, she would have never come anywhere close to that. Now again, God can do anything, but she wouldn't open to any of it. And if we want to disagree well, if we actually don't wanna just win arguments, but we wanna help people grow, we wanna help lead people to Jesus, we wanna love our enemies and bless those who curse us, and we wanna go through that, we have to decide that it's more important for us to win people to Jesus than it is for us to win arguments. And the way we do that is we have to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. So here's my question for you tonight. Of those three things, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry, which one of those three things is the thing that you need to work on right now? Which is the one that you struggle with? Because I think we all struggle with one of these three, maybe all three of these, but what's your main one right now? I'm gonna pray for you. Will you just close your eyes and bow your head? And Father, right now, I, I thank you for the young adults in the room. I thank you, God, that you have called us not just to win arguments, but to win people to you. God, I pray that you would give us the strength to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. Not that we would do what we want to do, not that we would win arguments that we want to win, but God, we would draw people to you. God, I pray for the people, for everyone here that are having tensions with someone right now, that are struggling to disagree well, that are struggling with their parents right now. God, I pray that you would give them the strength to do this, to disagree well. God, I ask that you would, you would give them um, the, not only the, the strength, but the courage and the wisdom to do it. And Jesus, I thank you that you're moving. I thank you that you've called us to love our enemies, to bless those who curse us. Help us to stand out and help us to do that in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks for letting me hang out with you tonight. <laughs>